Somebody just, let's just start off right now and just say, this is us. Now say this to me, us is home. You know, I told you that in the first week when we preached, started this series several weeks ago, we used to pull into the driveway of our house and my youngest daughter, Rachel, she'd be sitting in her little car seat in the back and we'd pull up in the little driveway and downtown Trafford, Alabama, praise God, the bustling metropolis of Trafford. And we'd pull in, I'd put that uh, little minivan up in park. And from her little pumpkin seat back there, she'd say, Daddy, mama, us is home. I'd say, you mean we are home, right? No, 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 us is home. So she said that for years and years and years. And to this day, I'm 51 years old, okay? And my, both my kids are grown. Me and my wife will still pull up in our garage. The garage door shuts, and we'll look at each other when it's just me and her in the empty nest. And we'll say, what, baby? Us is home. Somebody say, us is home. home. Let me tell you what that means. That means you're at home when you're with us. It ain't just we are at our place called home. This is our home. Not this building, the people. Look at your neighbor and say, you are us. Did you hear that? You are us. This is us. Now, of course, you know, you're looking at the logo. We're, we're playing off the TV show, of which I have, I love. And don't say anything about the latest episode because I hadn't seen it. No, 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 no. La, 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 But the first part we talked about, this, what is this is us? We give. We talked about we're givers in this house. Then we talked about the foundation of us, and it is love. We believe that if we don't have love in this house, we ain't got nothing. We're just, a, we're just another country club where people get together. People need to feel the love of God. This is us. And then last week, we talked about we connect. We assemble together. We had the illustration of the chair. You remember that? You know, two different chairs was on the platform. One was put together, and the other was an identical chair, but it was still made up of the pieces and the nuts and the bolts and was never put together. One, both of them were the exact same chairs. Both of them had the exact same purpose. Both of them were created to do the exact same thing, but only one of them could accomplish it because it had been assembled. Are y'all with me, church? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And many people wonder why they can't get the victory. Many people wonder why they can't seem to get over the mess that they're in. It's because they're trying to carry out their purpose on their own and not connected with the other people that God wants to put in our lives that will enable us and empower us and equip us to be able to do what God has called us to do. I wish I could get somebody to help me preach. Y'all did have your coffee, right? I want to tell you something today. This, this part today is called, we have favor. Somebody shout, we have favor. Shout it again, we have favor. Shout favor. Uh-huh. I want to tell you for 24 and a half years, this church is operated on the currency of favor. Amen. You didn't hear me. We don't operate on U.S. currency. We don't operate on the economy of the world. We operate on the king's economy. We operate on the favor of currency. Hey, man. The first thing on your notes is this is us. We have favor. This is us. 
we have favor. Some of y'all, some of y'all need to write, I got favor, stick it on your refrigerator to remind you. When you're having all them negative discussions about how bad things are in your house and how your TV's not as big as the other guy's TV, come on, somebody. How stupid. How stupid that you equate whether you have favor or not based on whether you got a flat screen or a big TV, a, a, a big car or a big, uh, none of you don't want a big car, but a big truck or a nice car or a big house. Oh, I like my house, but I don't like it as good as his. One day I'm going to have one. As, you'll never be satisfied if you are equating favor based on what you have. Favor is not based on what you have. Favor is based on who he is. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting already. This church started out in a tent. We didn't even have a building. The beginnings of this church was in the summer of 1994, and me and my wife had a little camper that I pulled behind my F-150, and we took it all over North Alabama, brought it to Pinson and different places, had a few men in the church to help us set up this big old giant tent that had a seating capacity of 300 people, and every night a, a good crowd would have been 10 people. Can you imagine what 10 to 15 people look like in a 300-person tent? But you know what? I was on that stage in a three-piece suit, praise God. That's back when I used to wear vests every once in a while, but not much. But I still had a tie on. I would sweat that suit up from the top all the way down. I'd get home, and I would wring out my socks from the sweat that was in my socks. But I was screaming to the top of my lungs that God had called us to change the world. That God had called us to change the world. The end of that summer, we planted this church. And at the planted this church in 1994 in a storefront building with about 10 people. And a few weeks later, we grew our church to eight people. Some of y'all got that, some of you didn't. <laughs> then after one year, we found a, what we call the little white building. In Trafford, Alabama. I dare some of y'all, some of y'all heard me talk about it so much you ain't ever been to Trafford. You don't even know where Trafford is. You realize it ain't just a few minutes from here. Y'all, y'all don't think you got to drive to the other side of Gunnersville to get to it. Trafford is the place that everyone should see. You got Young's Grocery. Hey, you got, uh, what's the name of the Jiffy Jack? I can't never remember. K-Max. K-Max. You now got Dollar General. If you can find Dollar General, cross the tracks and find Dollar General. All you got to do is stand in Dollar General's parking lot and look straight across. And right up this little hill is a little white house. Somebody's living in it. That was our church. Every time I drive by it, I look up there and I just can't believe it. Had some of the greatest services I've ever been a part of in my life in that building. That's where the ministry team was birthed. That's where Ambassadors Bible College was birthed. Come on, in that little white building. That's when I first saw Rod Parsley, me and my wife and, and a couple of leaders of the church got in a little minivan and drove all the way in 1996 to Columbus, Ohio, to Rod Parsley's Raise the Standard Pastors Conference, and we heard the term ministry team for the first time in our life. We have never heard it. We looked at each other and said, we don't know how to do it, but when we go back, we're going to start one. And we got back, we, st- we, told, we, had, the, we had, this is how small our church was. I made the whole church the ministry team, praise God. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout favor. Favor. This is us. us. 
1997, we started stretching our faith a little bit more. We found our dream building. It was in the middle of 28 acres of pasture land. And you know what usually sits in the middle of pasture? A hay barn. There was a hay barn where all the cows did their business. Come on, Jesus. It was full of hay and it was full of poop. Praise God. I mean, giant piles of poop. Dirt everywhere and a little bit of hay. But we took a stick and we walked through that dirt. No walls, no floor, no plumbing, no electrical, no ceiling. An old rusty leaky tin roof. But we took sticks and we drew out the stage. We took sticks and we drew out the bathrooms. We drew out the classrooms and the kitchen. And the people of this church, with the favor of God on them, not knowing how to do it, never had any experience, was not where we didn't have the money to hire a single person to come in and do one thing for us. But the men of this church stepped up and turned a hay barn into the house of God. And we had church. Come on, somebody. We had church in it for seven and a half years and it's still standing in a powerful church right now. After that, my wife met me. Have you ever read my book? If you had not read my book, what's wrong with you? Praise God. You need to read my book. I see greatness in you. And in part of that book, you'll read the story. When my wife called me up one day and said, I need to talk to you. She was crying. She said, can you meet me? She done left somewhere. When you get this kind of call from your wife, I need to meet you. Can we eat a biscuit somewhere? I need to tell you something. I was like, oh my God, she's leaving me. She's finally done with the ministry. The ministry has finally drove her away. What am I going to do? And I sit down to eat the biscuit scared to death. And she said, I believe the Lord has told me that we're going to move into the rock school in Pinson, Alabama. I've already broken it. I've already seen it. And I was like, what? What? She's like, trust me, when you see it, it ain't hard to break in. The building had been abandoned for 10 years. It was condemned. It was a crack house. It was a house of prostitution. It was in the worst condition you could imagine. But when we walked in, I'm talking about, I'm not exaggerating. Some places trashed this high for an entire room. In fact, when we got the building, it took us, I believe, six weeks. It was either four or six weeks of doing nothing but hauling trash out every day just to get the trash out. But when we walked through it, the moment I stepped in, then there my vision came alive and I saw what God was going to do in that building and 10 years later we had grown and God one day my wife I'm telling you anytime my wife now says can you meet me somewhere I'm, I'm preparing myself because but this one was a little different one day we're pulling we're driving down highway 79 she said pull in here pull in here pull in here real quick it was this church parking lot and I pulled in I said, what is it? What is it? She said, I believe the Lord's told me this is our next building. I was like, Sandy, this ain't even for sale. This building ain't even for sale. And I know the pastor. He's one of my good friends. I said, I ain't praying against another pastor. I ain't praying against. She said, I don't know when. I don't know if it's now. I don't know if it's years from now. But God's favor has always been on us, baby. And I believe that God's, God has told me that. And I know the voice of God. I said, well, you know what? I've learned to trust your vo the voice of God in you. And I respect that and I honor that. We kept it amongst ourselves. And literally, it wasn't long at all. Uh, but I was at another uh, ministry project. And the pastor of this church that was pastoring this church, not even for sale, we were doing a ministry together, and when the ministry was over with, we walked outside, was in the parking lot, we, and, and before we got in the car, he said, I need to talk to you. And I said, what is it? He said, I believe the Lord just told me you're supposed to buy our building. I promise you that's what happened. I was like, I was like, 
Have you been talking to anybody? He goes, no. Nah. He said, I'm just telling you. I've been praying about it. I know that God is telling us it's time for us to move on. And he said, I prayed about it. And I believe the Lord told me you're the one that's supposed to buy our building. And through the favor of God, here we sit. This is us. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell them, you got to have faith. The next thing in your notes is this. Ultimately, faith is what moves God. Faith is what moves God. Not your talents. Faith is what moves God. We never had a lawyer. We ain't had one to this day. Now, don't you go trying to sue us because we will get one. By the way, I just wanted to tell you that. If we need one, we will get one. I'm, just, I'm not telling you that so you can do something. I'm just telling you, giving God praise. We've never had a financial advisor. Every bank we've ever met with. And if you want to just know, I'm not ashamed to tell you, we bought this building for $1.5 million. We still owe right out a million dollars, and I have declared by the end of 2020, I am praying and declaring we are going to be debt-free. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm declaring God's going to bring a million dollars in this church by the end of 2020. I got faith. Never had a financial advisor. I was sitting up there. I, the pastor let me come in here and pray one day, and I was in here by myself, and I was sitting up there in the balcony, having my head down. I was like, we'd come to the end of the line on the bank. I was like, what in the world am I going to do? The banker called me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just sitting here. I ain't got, I ain't got nothing going on. I didn't tell him what I was doing. He said, I need you to go put a suit on. He said, don't come down here what you got on. Go put a suit on. Put your best suit on today and meet me at, at the 20th floor of the Wells Fargo building because the decision maker, the final decision maker on whether you're going to get that building or not wants to meet you face to face. He's got some questions for you. I called my wife up shaking because he told me, he said, I'm going to go ahead and warn you. This guy is like a bull in a china shop. He's coming in there. He's going to rake you over the coals. So I went in there and printed out a few things because we're all about integrity. We know where, where everything is at. Amen? We've paid our bills, and we've never missed a bill. We're frugal with our money. Come on, somebody. Your money, God's money. Can I get it? Amen? So we had everything in line and everything in place, and I went down there. I walked in there. Man, I was shaking in my boots. I was praying in the Spirit the whole time in my breath. I walked up on that tour. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I'm here to see you know, so-and-so. I was just being cool, calm, and collected. I walked in that room, and I'm telling you something right now. That guy began to ask me questions. Till this day, I couldn't even tell you what he asked me. But everything he asked me, God, through the favor of God, spoke through my mouth. And God said, don't you remember when Jesus said, when you go, don't even, if you're prepared, don't worry. If you've studied to show yourself approved, if you've spent time with me, don't even worry about what you're going to say because my spirit through my favor will speak through you. And I, I didn't make up nothing, didn't exaggerate nothing, just gave him the facts and then gave him a printout. Walked out. I said, y'all have a good day. I just sort of buttoned my jacket, said, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Y'all have a good day. I walked out, looking at everybody, waving at everybody, walked to the elevator. Got on the elevator, you know, had a few people on the elevator with me. I was just sort of, how you doing? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. You know, just being calm, cool, and collected. Walked out to the parking deck. I almost got to my truck. Looked around. Made sure nobody else was around. I went, oh, my God. Oh, what in the world just happened? I mean, I literally come unglued. I was like, Sandy. 
I ain't going to tell what oh, I told Sandy how I worded it. Sandy said, how did it go? How do you feel? I said, well, you really want to know how I feel? I'll go ahead and tell you what I said. I feel like I've been stripped naked and everything inspected. That's what I said to my wife. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty two says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things in which he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you will receive them, and you will have them. Somebody shout, this is us! We got favor! Woo! My God, the next thing on your notes is this. All we have ever had in this house is crazy faith in the favor of God. Crazy faith. Now, I know faith is powerful, but some of y'all need to get some crazy faith. I've had, t- I've had people tell me. I've had other pastors tell me, you got crazy faith. Because every pastor that I took in the rock school, every single one of them, prayed to ask God for the right words to tell me to run, (laughs) including my own pastor, my own spiritual father. He didn't reveal it to me until he was preaching at the dedication service of the Rock School, and that's when I found out that he said, when I left, I was pulling up the hill to the red light right there beside McDonald's and Winn-Dixie, and I'm sitting, I'm about to turn right on 75, and he said, I'm asking God, God, that's my son. I don't want to see him lose everything. If he does this, everything he's worked for, he's going to lose. There ain't no way that this is even possible. Help me to help my son to see he needs to run. And he said, as he got on Highway 75, about halfway out of Pinson, he said, God spoke to him and said, do you remember in the former denomination that you was in, when you went to the headquarters and asked them to plant a church in Pinson because you said God had put on your heart that Pinson needed a church that was going to change the world, and, I, and you asked me to help you plant a church in Pinson? He said, do you not understand that I just let you walk through the answer to your prayer and you're trying to tell me how to tell him to run? And he, re- he got rebuked by God. And he said, I'm sorry, God. I'm going to pray for my son. Do you understand? Faith is powerful. Favor is powerful. Favor is better than money. Favor will open doors that money can't open. Huh? See, we need favor in our lives. Somebody shout, I need favor. Mm Mm-hmm. See, money is not favor. But favor, what's what, what money can do? Money and materialistic things are just a byproduct of favor. Money can buy you a house, but it can't buy you a home. Money can buy you a date for the night, but it can't buy you a spouse for life. Well, somebody, huh? Money can buy you a bed. But it cannot buy you rest. Hmm? Is this good preaching? 
Next thing you'll notice is his favorite. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. The enemy, am I right? The enemy of faith is fear. See, some of y'all are scared that you ain't got enough. Well, I want you to know something. This is you. This is us. Do you see this? I'm like a magician. Does everyone see that it's empty? No rabbits. You see it? This is us. Somebody shout, this is us. We are empty. We are broken. We are blind. We are miserable. And we are naked without God. We are unworthy. There is none that does good. No, not one. But do you know every one of us has gifts and talents? And gifts and talents, you can learn, you can tweak, you can fine-tune, you can get really good at something without God. So this first one represents your ability that you spend a lifetime pouring into. Somebody say, this is us. So here's the deal. Most people end up living a life that is empty because this is all that ever gets poured into them. Are y'all hearing me, church? See, if you remember, there's a story in Scripture where Jesus, it's nighttime, Jesus is getting ready to rest, and all of a sudden he sees this guy sneak up on him. He knows him immediately because Jesus had been in the temple all all the days of his life. So he knew everyone that worked in the temple. He knew the Sanhedrin. He knew the Pharisees. Of course, Jesus knows everybody. But I'm talking about in the natural. He had interacted with this man. He was a very prominent man. His name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus snuck to him in the middle of the night because Nicodemus knew that the questions that he was about to ask Jesus, this radical, controversial preacher, what could could cost him, number one, his career. But number two, it might even cost him his life. Okay? But he understood that I need to find out what it means to be one of his followers. So he says, what do I need to do? I feel something drawing me to you. And if you know the story, he says, Nicodemus, in order to be a part of my kingdom, you must be born again. Somebody shout born again. In other words, God is not going to force himself on anyone. Do you understand when you become born again, you have to make the decision to receive Christ into your life? I'm preaching better than you shouting. Some people think that that God will force us to be healed, force us to be delivered, and force us to come to him. No, he gives us free will to make a decision. We have to be receptive. That's why we say, Lord, I receive you into my life. So a vessel has to be receptive. So we have within us what we have poured within us. He says, Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? For What does that mean? Does that mean that i got to go back into my mother's womb and be born twice? He says, no, Nicodemus. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And how many knows when you are, when any of us was born, something happened right before any of us was born. Do you know what that was? 
the water broke. Are y'all hearing me? Do you know what? Do you realize when you are growing and developing inside the womb of your mother, you were living in man-made water? Are you hearing me? And when it came time for you to come into this world, you had to break out of the water that was within you so that you could come in and breathe the air that we're in and start your life on your pursuit of, and your, should be on your pursuit for God. So God says, everything in the natural teaches us in the spiritual. So just, because, just like you were born in the flesh with water, you must be born, the Bible says, of, of water as well. If you're not born of, of the word and of water, you're not worthy of the kingdom is what the word of God says. So when you're born again, somebody shout born again then this represents your spirit life. So God begins to pour into you. It's pretty amazing, ain't it? Because this thing ain't got that much room in it. But now, do you understand that you have got the flesh in you and you've got the spirit in you? That's what these represent. But there's a third element to our life that goes beyond the born-again experience. This is us. Somebody shout, this is us. We have our natural abilities. We have our natural talents. We, do, we chose to receive God. We were born again. And when we were born again, what happened? God made us worthy for his favor. Do you understand? When we say this is us, we mean we're the family of God. The book of Romans says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, he has, he has given them power to become sons of God. Do you understand the word favor is a family term? Go back and study favor in the Bible. It means the favor of the king. It means the favor of the father. See, we have a word called favorite. Are y'all hearing me? Have you ever been to a, a, a restaurant, let's say years ago, that you loved, and for a long time people would ask you, what's your favorite restaurant to eat at? And you'd say, well, let's just use most of ours around here, Muno's. Let's just say, you know, a lot of y'all say, you know, my favorite restaurant to eat at is Muno's. This ain't nothing against Muno's, what I'm about to say, but I'm trying to set you up here. Yeah, how many knows that you had, that was your favorite restaurant? Until... You went to another place that blew your mind. And then all of a sudden, you got a new favorite. Am I preaching right? In other words, what I'm trying to say is, when somebody chooses a favorite, when somebody says something is a favorite, the favorite will fade over time. Favorite is a term that I use because if you think about it, you've got the Ishmaelites, you've got the, the Jebusites, you've got all these other kind of ites. And years ago, I preached this, this sermon called, I'm a part of the lost tribe of the favorites. Somebody say, I'm a favorite. Let me tell you something about the favor of God. Favorites fade. But the favor of God never changes. God is not a respecter of persons. So, he, so what we do doesn't change his desire to favor us as his son and daughter. 
That's why grace is called unmerited, unearned favor. See, the reason I chose this illustration is because it's what God uses as an illustration. In Joel chapter 2, the prophet said, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Well, that was in Joel chapter 2. Fast forward to the beginning of the church. Acts chapter 2. Peter stands up when the Holy Ghost falls on the 120. He says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they wasn't drunk. He just said they ain't drunk like you think. They're drunk. But they're drinking something else than what you think they're drinking. They're drinking something called the new wine. And he quoted, he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that. Somebody shout, this is that. that. Now say, this is us. us. Say, we We are that. that. Mm, Y'all ain't getting this. This is that which the prophet Joel spoke of when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many wants something poured on you? Say amen. Amen. Well, you better be careful what you ask for today. Let me tell you something about the favor of God. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5 says, For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Did you see that? Look at the next part. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Leave that scripture up here. How many's ever heard that second part of the scripture? How many of people quote that all the time? I tell you one thing, it don't matter how bad it is right now. We pay may endure for a night, but joy, I said joy, I said joy, I said joy, it's coming in the morning. Huh? But wait a minute. How is joy coming in the morning? Because his favor ain't got nothing to do with what's going on tonight. Oh, you didn't hear me. Tonight you may have lost everything, but his favor didn't leave you. If you are receptive, if you are receiving his favor into your life. Mm. See, we've endured for a night. You're sad. But in the morning, pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. I don't care if it's raining outside, snowing outside, cold outside, hot outside. It's a new day and joy is in the morning. Why? Because my, I am not happy. I am joyful. Do you understand there's a difference between happiness and joyfulness? God ain't never promised you happiness. But he has promised you joy. Let me tell you what the difference is. Happiness, the word happiness, comes from what has happened. It is derived, the word is derived from what has happened. Well, I'm not happy anymore. Why are you not happy anymore? You're not happy anymore because you don't like what's happening. Well, I'm happy right now. Why are you happy? You're happy because of what just happened. But joy is the same If the favor of God's on you and you got a relationship with God when good things are happening and bad things are happening. That's why I say this is us. This this is us. We got joy. 
Because our joy is not based on what is happening. Why you want to marry is premarital counseling. I hear this all the time. Why you feel like y'all want to get married? Because I love him. He's so cute. I love him. I love her. I love her. Blah, 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 blah. You better love him, but I'm going to tell you something. You better understand. There's going to be some things come up in your life that love ain't going to be able to keep you all together. Huh? I know this ain't what she's talking about. It's a different thing she's talking about, but what love got to do with it in the words of Tina Turner? Huh? Love's got a lot to do with it, but you better have something more than love. You better have trust, and you better have joy in the Lord and joy with each other. Because they're going to do some stuff to make you happy. And they're going to do some things that make you mad. Hmm? Come on, somebody. Somebody say his favor never changes. I done lost my place all in these notes, man. I, 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 I don't even know what I'm preaching anymore up here. I'm just, I'm just going to preach it. Huh? Somebody say, I might get sad. But in the morning, I'm going to praise God. Because I got joy. I got favor. I am of the tribe of the favorites. Hey! Slap your neighbor and tell him I'm a favorite. See, this is the way we come to God. But you got to pour it all out, don't you? Nothing left. Then Jesus says, your first step to anything. You can't have favor on you if you ain't one of my sons or my daughters. How many knows that with everything that's within my power, when I'm gone, I want to leave something to bless my two daughters with? Right? I want to leave something. I ain't got nothing, a whole lot right now, but I ain't dead yet. Amen. So I'm still working. But I want to leave something for my daughters. You know, it's weird for me to even say this. I ain't got nothing to even put into this right now, but God can do anything. Call it inheritance. I might leave her uh, my, my cell phone. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what it is. Whatever I got, I'm going to leave her and my other daughter. But how many, knows, how many knows it's right for me to believe that I should want to leave something for my children? Right? Nothing wrong with that, right? And what kind of father or mother doesn't want to do that? Do you want to do that for your kids? How many parents and grandparents in here would raise your hands and say, everything within my power, I want to leave something to bless my kids and my grandkids. Raise your hand. Right? Right? Rest of you? I didn't, I didn't ask you if you had some. I just asked you if you wanted to. Some of y'all didn't even raise your hand. I'm, they do what, I don't care what they do with their life. I ain't leaving them Nothing. I ain't leaving them rascals nothing. <laughs> he don't want to come see me. He don't want to come call me. He don't want to come hang out with me. He ain't getting nothing. But now let me ask you this. What if I came up to you and told you that I want you to make sure that you work really hard to leave Lizzie something when you're gone? Now, think about it. I know you would probably say, well, I'd love to leave Liz. Some of you are my pastor. No, no, no. What I'm trying to illustrate is this. 
Your idea of an inheritance and your idea of favor in your family changed dramatically when I asked you to favor my children. You shouted me down when I said, is it right for me to want to favor my children? Watch this. Don't get me wrong because I love everybody, but I do favor my children over your children. Huh? I don't mean I don't love your children. I don't mean I ain't going to sacrifice your kids. But I got news for you. If I got a choice between your kids and my kids, I'm going to put my kids first. I would hope that you'd do the same thing. You know, I know there's always uh, uh, different situations for the moment, sacrifices for the moment. But I'm talking about big picture here. Are you with me, church? So why in the world would we then think that we can just be anything do anything, mock God, mock his promises, and even decide to reject him as our father and still want God to bless us. Now, I know it's unmerited favor, but don't get me wrong. I know we can't earn it, but he didn't tell, he didn't look at Nicodemus and say, listen, I'm a loving God. It ain't happened yet, but this is going to be just in a few weeks. I'm going to say it is finished, and when I do, I'm going to go ahead and take care of you and everybody else anyway. So don't even worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. I got you, because when I die on the cross, I'm going to bless you and take care of you and bring you to heaven with me. No, he said, Nicodemus, in all of your biblical knowledge that you have, you still don't have enough in your vessel. All you got is this. Are you hearing me? You need this. Am I preaching right? The enemy of faith is fear. Some of you are afraid to believe God for favor. Some of you are afraid because it's based on your circumstance. You know what fear stands for? F-E-A-R? False evidence that appears real. See, you're afraid of something that's not even real. God said, when you become my son and my daughter, for as many as are led by the Spirit, I I have given them the power to become my sons and daughters. Therefore, they are candidates for my favor. This is us. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't be scared. The devil is a lie. Huh? You know, that's different. How many of there's a difference in your faith when you're trying to say, you know, the devil is a liar? You, you, don't, get as, you don't get as happy when somebody says, listen, I'm going to remind you that the devil is a liar. But when somebody says, I'm going to tell you something right now, the devil is a lie. You'll be like, you got that right. You say it. Say it again. The devil is alive. Say it. Say it again. The devil is alive. You got that right. The devil is alive. Let me tell you something. You are a child of God. The devil is alive. Coming to you trying to tell you you ain't worthy. You say, well, I can't put no more in here. Do you understand this? Did I show you how small this was? Did I show you how much water's in this thing? I poured it in here. I poured it in here. This thing is full right now. Y'all can't see what I see. It's so full, there ain't no more room. And some people stop right here and they say, you know what? I'm saved and that's all I want. Huh? That's, far, that's all I really care. Let me tell you something. I know it's the most important thing. But... Do you understand Jesus did not come to die on the cross just so you can get your name in a book? Hey, read the Bible. That's one of the things y'all need to start doing is reading the Bible. 
Look at your neighbor, tell him, read the Bible. If you read the Bible, you'll find the book of Romans, the Romans roadmap to salvation. It says, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Somebody shout saved. That word saved in the original Greek is the word sozo. And the word sozo means saved, delivered, and healed. It means complete deliverance and favor of God. So God never, never, ever, ever desired for you to be saved and then sit down and that be enough. I ain't got no more room. Do you understand? Look at this thing. It's already got two of them. These two had more than this. There's no more room. That's a lie. The devil is a lie. I said the devil is a lie. Favor's better than money. Where am I at on my notes? Favor is better than money. Write it down. Favor is better than money. Woo, Lord, I've done messed up all over the place. But how many, somebody say, it's good. Yes, See, favor, oh, you need to write this down. Favor will give you access. And favor will give you excess. That should have been in your notes. That got added after the bulletin was made. Favor will give you access to things that you are not qualified to access. It will give you excess of blessings that you in the natural, people all look at you and say, there ain't no way they should be that blessed. I'm talking about some of y'all ain't even graduated high school and you're living in a nicer home, driving a nicer car than people that went to college, got a four-year degree, and they're still struggling to try to keep up with you and they can't understand how that happened. It's because they don't understand favor. All I know is the Bible says, give and it shall be given. Ain't that what it said? Not give and it might be given, give and it shall be given. He didn't say give, and if you have a PhD, it shall be given. No, he said give, you can dig a ditch, and it shall be given. Give, and you, come on, somebody, you can be a garbage, run a garbage truck, and it shall be given. Give, and you can work in a cubicle, and it shall be given. Oh, come on, give, and you cut grass, and it shall be given. Am I preaching right? Ain't got nothing against education, but don't let the world tell you that education is the key to your blessings. I'm talking to children of God in here. I ain't talking to, to, and ain't no college class. I'm talking about the sons and daughters of God in here. I'm trying to help you. Favor will give you not only access, it will bring you excess. The best way I can illustrate it to you is if, you know, how many of you ever had kids and got kids in your life say amen? Remember how, how, how many of you have ever had kids in your life, they all started out as babies, right? And babies have to learn how to walk. And babies have to learn how to talk. And one of the first things babies like to do when they start learning how to walk is climb things and pick up things and eat things. They shouldn't be eating. Put everything in their mouth, right? The first thing, when they finally figure out how to open that refrigerator on their own, and they, and they love that milk, and they find out how to open the milk, and you, you how many knows as long as you hear them screaming and breaking things, you're good. But when everything gets quiet, am I preaching right, y'all? You're just doing your stuff, and all of a sudden, you'd be like, I have not heard anything. Something is not right. Complete silence. You go in the kitchen, and there's Junior sitting in the kitchen. He done got the milk knocked over. He done got the peanut butter all over his face. He's sitting in a pool of milk. It's, la it's laying everywhere. He looks at you. He's like, I love you, Daddy. 
You ever been one of them things mamas and daddies were? You want to tear their rear end up, but you got to turn your back on to laugh because it is, it is so precious and so funny because they know they busted. And you're trying to teach a life lesson. Now watch this. This is what we say to them, to children. Listen, you got to understand this costs money. Milk is expensive. When you spill it, you are wasting it. But God is trying to teach us, this is us, that what in the natural we call waste, he calls spillover excess and favor. Because what good is some y'all ain't hearing me. I gotta finish this thing. It's five minutes till some of y'all gotta take some medicine at 12. Next thing you know, I'm gonna go ahead and give them to you real quick and I'm gonna finish this thing. Vision is impossible without favor. How many of us we got a vision in this house? And the last thing is this SRC, we got to be hungry for favor. Now look, we got to go to God's refrigerator. And here's what here's how we look at it. We say, we're already full. We've already drank. We've already drank. Lord, that's how we pray. I'm not asking you for much. You've blessed my family so much. You've already filled my cup up. Lord, could you just, could you just, could you just pay my power bill? Lord, that's all I'm asking. Just pay my power bill, God. And, 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 my, and my cable. And my cable. Lord, I'm just asking, just pay my power bill and my cable. That's all I'm asking. And, and, uh, and, I, and I, need, I need my internet. Because I, I got a post about, you know, about you, Jesus. About you, Jesus. I, I got to share that picture of those nail scars in your hands, or I don't love you is what it said. It said, it said if I don't share this, I, I love the devil and not you. And I need my internet so I can tell everybody that I love you and not the devil. So, Lord, <laughs> I'm just asking you for just enough. When you say, I'm just asking you for just enough, it is a slap in the face of God. Just enough? You just want enough? Is that what you just said? Oh, so, so I took 39 stripes on my back. They stripped me completely naked and beat me with rods to where my rib cage was exposed and my spine was exposed and my intestines were coming out of my body. And they drove nails through my hands and nails through my feet and shoved the crown of thorns on my head and hung me on a cross completely naked with my mother looking at my naked body and all the people mocking at me and soldiers stuck a spear in my side and every drop of my blood spilled out so that you could have internet. Just so you could have enough? How are you going to go into all the world and preach the gospel with just enough? How are you going to build a church with just enough? How are you going to take care of a missionary with just enough? You ain't hearing me. How's your church going to change Birmingham for Jesus if all you got is just enough? Because if you convince yourself that you are not worthy for more because you're so full. This thing is full, y'all. It's heavy. 
It's full. Two pitchers in, in, in a vessel that really shouldn't have held one. But yet God says, I still got room. I still got room. In fact, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. I still got room. Huh? Are you hearing me? Give me another water bottle. Hey, how many knows your faith? It don't run out, baby. Because which here's why. Because to the children of God, you keep giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. Give me another water bottle. Give me another water bottle. You keep giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. And let me tell you something. God says, the more your cup runs over, the more opportunity you have for favor. Do you understand that in the natural, this don't seem possible. But God said, with me, all things are possible to them that believe. Huh? Somebody shout, this is us. Somebody shout, this is us. Somebody say, I got room. I'm receptive to the favor of God. Here's why you need to be receptive. Because when you're receptive, let me tell you something. When you're receptive and you make room and God makes room in your life, then when problems come, you've got enough to pour into somebody's life. Huh? See, and here's the thing. You think as soon as I take care of this brother, I'm empty. Because everything is gone. But wait a minute. There's more. And you say, well, wait a minute. I'm empty again. I'm empty again. I've poured out. Now, God, how in the world am I ever going to be able to do what you called me to do? Because all I had was what I gave. Now I ain't got nothing left. Now I ain't got nothing left. Are you sure you ain't got nothing left? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You still got... Come on. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all watch this. Watch this. Do you see this? Do you see this? It keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. Every time you pour out, it keeps coming back. Listen, you can't outgive God. God says, everything you sow, it shall be coming back on you. Everything you give, it shall be given. That is the process of sowing and reaping. I'm going to finish with this. Is it to my last note? Somebody shout, favor. It's not fair. We don't serve a fair God. Are you thankful that our God's not fair? I didn't say it wasn't just. I said it's not fair because you look at the word fair and you study the word fair out and you'll find out that fair means what you deserve. Are you thankful that we don't get what we deserve? Are you thankful that we got a God that doesn't give us what we deserve? But when it looks like there ain't nothing left in us and we're completely dry, if we have positioned ourselves, there's still more. Are y'all hearing me? There's still more. The blessings of God never ends when we do what God has called us to do. Somebody shout, it's my time. It's our time. It's the church's time to shine in his favor. This is us. Listen, I'm going to close with this scripture. Psalms 102, 11 says this. My days, this is what the psalmist says, are like a shadow 
Listen to where he's at. That lengthens, never ends. I feel like I'm going to wither away like grass. But you, O Lord. Somebody shout, but God. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever. No matter what my life looks like. And the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Somebody shout the set time. Let me tell you something right now. When Jesus said it is finished, he set the time. Everyone that would come after him, everyone that would lay down their life for him and pick up the cross, every one of them that would say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior, come into my heart and save me. The set time for favor was upon you. Though you were dead, yet shall you live just like him. For the same power that raised Jesus from the dead shall raise your mortal bodies. Are you hearing me? Jesus said, these works shall you do and greater shall you do if I go to my Father. You'll never, ever, ever run out as long as you're serving God. Whatever you allow God to pour into you will never be wasted. Are you hearing me? Favor's not fair. I'm closing. See this? Watch this. That that looked cool, didn't it? I read a book years ago by Bishop T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. That T.D. Jakes. I've read many of his books, but this was the first one I read. It was when we were in that little white building in Trafford, Alabama. It was one of the first books that might have even been in the first year of our Ambassador's Bible College, and it was in three or four years of our Ambassador's Bible College. It's out of print now. He's combined it with a couple other books. You can still find it, but not in its original form. And it was simply called this. Some of you may have read it. Can you stand to be blessed? Can you stand to be blessed? When you first hear that, well, of course I can stand to be blessed. But the premise of the book was, see, everybody joins you in the altar when you're all struggling. When everybody's praying for a husband and then you get one, you don't fit in the prayer group anymore. When everybody's praying for a house, and they, they, you ain't got no house, but then you get blessed with a house and you want to come in and praise God for what God's done for you, you will find out if your circle of friends were really your circle of friends. Can I preach somebody? Favor will reveal your real friends. Hmm? Favor will reveal your real friends. But it will also caused the fake ones to come out of the woods. Because I'm going to tell you something, it wasn't long ago and nobody cared nothing I had to say. Ain't nobody want to watch us, listen to us. In fact, they used to get in the pulpit and preach against us that we were a cult. People would talk about us behind our backs like a dog mock us and make fun of us because they had big buildings and we didn't have nothing. But through it all, there's a few people that stayed with us. Not just in this church, but friends that believed in us and saw God on us. And they're happy for us. 
But some of my friends that planted churches around the same time I did, when things didn't work out for them, maybe the way it worked out for us, they stopped calling me. They stopped wanting to hang around me. Why? Not because I, if you know me, you know I don't brag on anything that God's done in my life, but they couldn't stand to be in the presence of favor because they felt like it judged them and that they had not somehow had the favor of God in their life. But God's no respecter of persons. They judged favor based on the things. The moment we moved in this building, all of a sudden people in Birmingham started calling me because they thought, wow, if they, if they got in that building like that, there must be something on there. But nothing revealed this premise quite like when I went on Facebook and told everybody Rod Parsley was coming and Perry Stone was coming and Clint Brown was coming. When I made that announcement, let me tell you something, my phone started blowing up for two days with pastors I ain't heard from in 15 to 20 years. Want to get directions to my church. Some of them want to be a spiritual son to me. God done told them to connect with me. Come on, can I get an amen? And in the course of the conversation, I would hear this. How'd you pull that off? How in the world? I've heard, if I heard it one time, I've heard it 10 times from 10 different paths. How in the world did you pull that off? And they can't believe it when I tell them, I didn't do nothing. I didn't even ask Rob Parson to come. I never dreamed. I didn't even plan on him coming. I was excited to top my excitement for Perry and Clint Brown to come. But favor... Will do things for you that you don't even have to do for yourself. It will promote you in ways that you didn't even think you was ready to be promoted. Come on, somebody. Huh? I'm on the phone with Clint Brown, which was shocking enough to me that God had even done that. Even gave me the favor. And I, I don't know if he's watching right now. I love that man. Talked to him this morning. He is such a blessing in my life. I'm just on the phone with him and I'm just telling him how much he meant to me back in the early 90s, watching him on a VHS tape and Rod Parsley and how much Rod Parsley meant to me. And one day I'm going to drive, I'm going to fly, I ain't driving to Columbus. This, this time I'm flying to Columbus, praise God. I'm flying to Columbus and I'm going, I'm going to go to the camp meeting. If I just had a chance to shake his hand one day just to tell him thank you for pouring into my life through those VHS tapes, it would be the greatest thing in my life. Hang on a second, brother, click. And I'm just like, okay, something must have come up. Next thing I know, three seconds later, Rod Parsley's on the telephone with me and I'm like what is happening here I am like freaking out because this is like a hero to me in my faith and in less than five minutes somebody shout suddenly favor can change things suddenly favor can promote suddenly favor can open doors suddenly that you had no clue was even in the process that God was even working it never dawned on me to ask Rod Parsley to come to our church and suddenly, in less than five minutes, I went from saying out of my mouth, one day, Lord, I'd just like to shake the man's hand that helped me in those early days. In less than five minutes, I heard the voice of Pastor Rod Parsons say, October 17th, man, I've been wanting to come back to Birmingham. Let's do it, Pastor. And then three hours later, I got a text message directly from Rod Parsons saying, I just checked my schedule. Looks great. Let's change some lives in Birmingham. I'm talking about that is favor on this house. Give him praise. Let me tell you what that favor is going to mean. For y'all that are visiting today, just know I don't usually preach to 1209, okay? I usually, 
usually about 12.15. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I try to get you out. Wait a minute. There's a lot of stuff went on today. I didn't get the pulpit like I usually do at the time I have. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Tell what's going to happen. You better know that in my spirit, October to you may seem like it's a long way away. But in my spirit, it's next week. So we got to prepare our minds now for not just who's coming to preach in this pulpit, but more than that. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you ain't even ready for them, they're coming. And they're going to preach like fire. But let me tell you what you need to prepare yourself for is that you ain't going to get to sit where you're sitting right, sitting right now. This place, underneath the balcony, the, the balcony, seats in the, in the altar area, this place is going to have more people in it. I believe for all three nights that has ever been in this building in its existence. And on that night, and actually a long time before, you better start seeing yourself differently now. Because everything rises and falls on what? Leadership. I said everything rises and falls on what? That means we need new leaders pouring out. Even the ones that feel like they ain't got nothing left. Even the ones that don't feel qualified. Come here, Monica. Because I want you to just tell people. Come, come up here, come up here. I want you to look down there. You see that? Mm-hmm. Looks like you ain't got a whole lot, does it? Mm-hmm. Water about like this. I don't need to get rid of that. Because right. if I, I, that's all I got left. That's all I can do. I got to hold on to what I got. But a true leader says, whatever I got, I'm going to give. So you see that? If I pour that out, it's over, right? Mm-hmm. So t- t- tell them, tell them, you see water, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody can know it's ain't no trick. Right. How much water do you see in there? Show them, show them how much water you see in there. Okay, all right, what's this? I'm gonna pour it out. Is it okay if I pour it out? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna pour it out. It's empty, it's empty. It's empty, right? Somebody say I'm empty. It's over, it's over. As soon as I stand back up, what happened? What's in there? Water. How much water's in there? I don't know. It looks the same. The same amount that I just poured out. Yeah. Wait a minute. Well, I, it, it worked once, but ain't no way it could work again. I'm going to pour it out. Now I'm truly empty. Wow. I'm empty now. Wait, wait a minute. What's happening? What's happening? What? Give and it shall be given. Come on, somebody. Huh? Just because you think you're empty. Somebody get up on their feet and give the Lord a praise. Somebody shout, this is us. I am not empty. I still got more. Ha! Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Give it praise. Give it praise. Give it praise. Hallelujah.